1: wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 710, talking about all the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation and beyond. Uh, I'm your host for this week. As always, I'm joined by Brian Altano. Brian. Beyond beyond to you. How's your warm, hot water going?
2: I don't know. I, I, right before we started recording, I took a sip of this water that I filled up earlier and it's just, it's warm and I don't, it's, I don't like that. I don't like it's that at all. Sorry, perfect we don't have to way. dwell on this. It's just no, not No, it's great. the
1: perfect way to start any recording. Uh, we're also joined <laughs> this week by Max Max, Mexico.
0: Warm water. What do you want a diet? I've got a whole thermos full of bisque here. Nice, creamy seafood bisque. A delight. The summertime treat
2: now with electrolytes
1: (laughs) yeah perfect for that summer heat just a nice (laughs) canteen of bisque Uh, of course in addition to our current dietary needs uh, we're going to be jumping into a little bit of uh, all the news that's been happening some playstation adjacent stuff but uh, of course this week's episode is a little delayed because we wanted to talk about sort of a big reveal that happened this week and that is the fact that dead space is back so uh, i think let's jump right in with this, uh, we we got the news at EA Play Live 2021. They keep adding words to EA Play, and it makes it harder for me to remember. Uh, this year, we got confirmation that Dead Space, the original Dead Space, which was previously made by uh, Visceral Games, uh, will be getting a full, proper remake. Uh, this is coming from EA Motive, uh, the team that was originally started by uh, Jade Raymond, uh, who's no longer there. She's working with her new studio, Haven, that is also making a PlayStation exclusive thing. See, it all ties back together. Uh, EA Motive is working On this from the ground up remake. Uh, It's going to uh, be made in the Frostbite engine. It's specifically being made for PC and next gen only, so it's coming to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. Uh, No release date currently has been given, uh, so we don't really have a window or anything for its release. But we do have a little bit of information, thanks to yours truly. Uh, no, I was fortunate enough to speak with a couple of leads on the game, uh, Phil Ducharme, uh, forgive me if I'm butchering your name, and uh, Roman Campos Oriola. We, we spoke a bit about the sort of the ethos the team is taking with this remake, uh, sort of their endeavors to stay true to the original, but still create something that's modern and fresh, uh, take advantage of the new hardware. Uh, An interesting thing of how they're kind of working with fans in a way that EA has started to do more often these days, uh, and and a few other things about the production. But before we get into sort of the nitty gritty, uh, I sort of want to just start with like, general thoughts about Dead Space coming back. Uh, Obviously, I think we've... We talk quite a bit about survival horror and uh, horror franchise in general on the show, whether games or not. Uh, and so Brian and Max, Brian, will start with you. Um, what's sort of your history with Dead Space and like where are you with you know Dead Space coming back? How does that feel?
2: Um, I love the original so, so much. It's one of my favorite horror games of all time. To me, it was sort of like after Resident Evil 4, there was sort of a void left of uh, third-person horror-driven action games uh, that sort of scratched that itch. And, you know, those, those are two franchises that were parallel for a little while, you know, Dead Space 2 is also awesome. And then the franchise kind of lost me after that I even tried playing the Nintendo Wii one, uh, the which was, you know, the had like motion controls is basically on rails. But I'm ecstatic to see this returning. I think that like, this is that sort of like, that obvious do good good guy move that EA should be doing more often they it feels like they were averse to um, celebrating their legacy for a very long time they were constantly like looking forward and now we've got you know the Mass effect uh, legendary edition recently and now we're getting a, a, a full remake of dead space like this is what fans want from them you know this is how to sort of pull them out of the depths of you know them being the sort of like nefarious microtransaction company and you know uh, frequently referred to as the worst company in the world or whatever um, although there were worse real companies than them by far. Uh, but I'm really, really happy to see this coming back. It also makes me um, think that they wouldn't be building all this uh, if not for uh, looking forward towards the future. I feel like they're creating all these assets. They're working through this engine. Um, they're, they're testing the water, waters on what uh, th- this, this franchise means to modern players and, and legacy players. And uh, this, this only means great things for the future of like a, a really awesome video game franchise, a really great survivor, of a horror that uh has long been since dormant so i'm ecstatic that it's coming back
1: yeah and uh max what about you what, what are your sort of feelings on the uh, the approach they're taking and i'm
0: hoping dead that space. this is in the same way that sort of naughty dog uh doing the nathan drake remastered collection or whatever was a chance to sort of get the feel for um you know updated architecture this is a chance for you know the team at motive to kind of you know take apart a part of dead space game and see how it works and hopefully you know create some assets that could get used again for uh a new Dead Space game. Uh, my my experience with Dead Space is like, I, I thought it was cool. I remember when it was, I remember when it was very first announced and it was like described as like, oh, it's like an alien Resident Evil game basically. And I was like, oh, that sounds incredible. And I think in my head I was like picturing alien. And so like I had this weird disconnect of like, I, I feel like I didn't like the design at first. And then I actually, uh, I think I tried playing it or at a friend's house or something and it just scared the crap out of me. Like I was, I used to be I used to be like a huge weenie when it came to horror stuff, which is, I think something broke in my brain recently, but that's not so much the case. Um, I actually just jumped back into Dead Space, uh, the first one, just um, to, to kind of refresh my memory. And it's like, it's awesome. Like, it's really, I mean, I remember, it, I never didn't like it. I was just a, a coward. So like, it's it's cool to jump in there. It does have like the, the weird, it has horn stabs, which I'm, I'm iffy about. Like, I feel like actual jump scares I can handle, but when there's like, what? Like along with it, that always like gets me. Um, But like just going back to it, it holds up really well. And I think it's really perfectly suited um, uh, even more so than the, the older resident evil games, because those were, you know, those were tank controls back in the day and dead space is like, it it holds up really well. Like the, the controls are great. The, you know, lack of a HUD is great. It's, there's so much stuff in there that really aged wonderfully. And like the really, the only shortcomings is, uh, you know, visually. And I think you could do some really incredible stuff with like, Uh, you know atmospheric lighting and ambient fog or whatever and the doing some really cool stuff with HDR like actually having those hallways be properly dark with crap running around on them trying to bite you in the head that sounds sounds gnarly Uh,
1: the the two devs I spoke with sort of about their their approach on a uh on a visual side is very much like they they want to really be Staying true to the design and everything that Visceral did previously. But yeah, they, they they seem really, really excited to be able to take advantage of kind of every facet of, of the tech we get to work with now. So yeah, like Max, as you were pointing to, they, they really want to do stuff with lighting and fog and, and and effects to make those hallways that, you know, it can maybe seem drab as you go on through uh, corridor after corridor of, of, of a, a spaceship, but they, they really want to make it so that every... The feeling of going past every corner or through every door is going to lead to more fear, is going to have this, you, you know, these really scary moments. Uh, they talked a little bit about, you know, obviously 3D audio, which I feel like is a huge thing that's going to make this game even scarier. Like, Max, to, to your point, I was such a scaredy cat the first time I played the first Dead Space. Like, it took me forever to get through it because I had to just keep taking breaks because <laughs> I couldn't handle it. And, and they're like, yeah, so the 3D audio will be really great because this way, we, you know, there's you get kind of whispers to isaac as as the game's beginning what if you don't know where those are coming from what if the noises in the vents and through the hallways are are coming at you in all these different locations i'm like i don't know if i can finish that i'm putting that
0: on (laughs) the tv speakers i'm I'm doing like a the tiniest possible least surround thing i can for that no thank you
2: oh you guys are crazy i'm i'm totally (laughs) playing this with 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 the with the you know really nice headphones on my ps5 you know what, like, you know what i love oh, is I...
0: is in the original there's there's one specific sound thing that really jumped out at me which is like every pretty much every time you like finish fighting necromorphs there's like the sound of somebody dropping a crowbar in a garage there's like this clanging noise that comes with it <laughs> mm-hmm. and it plays constantly i'm like who's doing that like what is that noise
2: <laughs> um like recently uh resident evil village and returnal both did like really really awesome stuff with uh with with horror and also with sound um and I was just kind of urging everybody who was playing those games, like, please play them with headphones. I, I think like a game like Returnal wouldn't exist without Dead Space, frankly. Like, the, there are so many notes of that. Obviously, like they they all link back to Metroid, um, which is you know sort of unabashedly the inspirations there for those things. But um, Dead Space leans so much more into horror, w- while still maintaining so much of the great stuff I love from like you know vintage '70s and '80s sci-fi stuff. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with sound design here. Like you, you can play this game right now. It's on, it's on game pass. I, you know, there's there's obviously you can play it on PC and steam and stuff like that. I'm not sure if you can play it through PlayStation now or anything, um, but definitely seek it. Like it's, it totally holds up and I don't think it'll take anything away from um, your playthroughs of, of the new one. I have a feeling they're going to mess, not mess, but I I have a feeling they're going to kind of like alter the, the pacing a little bit here. I don't think it's going to be exactly one-to-one. I think uh, this is a game that like hinges so much on like, specific beats and scares happening in in specific moments that they'll keep some of that but i think a really smart thing will be to sort of take a resident evil remake approach which is add in some new things some new elements possibly some new areas some new bosses some new jump scares like that was a great thing about playing uh remake was i had finished the original resident evil game so many times that i'd been able to like get the infinite rocket launcher and all that, like basically speed run it. And so when remake came around, I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing right here. And then something would burst out of a wall or through a window. And I'd be like, that was not expected at all. What a delightful surprise. Or I would go down a different hallway, the pacing, the puzzles were slightly different. Um, so I think there's a lot of room for that flow to sort of sequence break a little bit here and for new, new stuff to get added. And I think that's going to be, like truly wonderful for like fans of the original who think that they have everything under control here because the entire point of this game is to sort of catch you off guard. And so if, if like the devs can find new ways to weave content in here that kind of surprises you as you're playing something that also still feels a little bit familiar and nostalgic, like that's great horror, right? Like I feel like that's what they've done with a lot of horror remakes in terms of movies and and, and stuff. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm all into it.
1: Yeah they um actually speaking to that and there's also something I want to mention uh going back to what you were talking about earlier but but just on that note in terms of like what's new versus what's retained they like really want to make sure they are recreating the experience that people loved but they they know this is a chance to refine things and just to give like some practical info on how it's working is basically they have like the original data of you know the development data that that visceral worked on so they have all of that but it's in that old engine so they're rebuilding everything from scratch they're they're re, they're doing new assets new sound new, new lighting new character animations all that stuff is being built from the ground up but they uh Roman and particular had mentioned like we we are starting with the original level design of the original dead space like that is their sort of north star that they're working from and he said what's quote what's funny is that you can see some of the iterations that were made prior to ship by the team uh, in the first cha- chapter chapter, you can see some corridors that they wanted to do first in a certain way, and then you can understand why they changed it for either technical constraints or some other reason. So they also, you know, even if they make additions, they they were talking about wanting to make additions that feel true the DNA of the original game, and they can make those changes based on you know the information that they have from the original team which is a a really cool thing um on a design level and then on a narrative level they were saying like we're going to be looking at making improvements and and refining some stuff on the the story side not because the story was bad or poorly told in any way but more so because you know they have now the story of two three the spin-offs the anime what what have you they know what comes after and so they Mm -hmm. can seed that stuff in a little bit more clearly or a little, uh, make it feel a little bit more grounded in the story of the first game. Um, which I think is a really, really cool opportunity. Like the the Dead Space universe is really awesome. And, and Brian, like you said, I sort of fell off it by the time of three. I think one and two are really fantastic horror experiences, but it started to get a little too crazy. But like if they, if they can weave what did work from the future uh, after Dead Space 1 into the original story a little bit more and and, and make some of that, uh, bigger lore feel more relevant i am all for them figuring out cool ways to do that i i think that's a really cool opportunity
0: i'm i'm dying to see what they do design wise uh one of my i don't know one of my weird sticking points with the early design is i feel like it's it's kind of over designed like there's a lot of like uh like just you know unnecessary buckles and straps and angular stuff on it which kind of goes against what i what i adore about like if you look at like the original alien it's like a little mix of like familiar and unfamiliar kind of design uh, and it has it has this kind of grounded element to it, and obviously, like this isn't an alien game; it's doing its own thing. But right. in the same way that the sort of the Resident Evil remakes do a really phenomenal job of uh, kind of re- like reining in some of the the character designs and the, like the costumes and some of the like they they redesign uh, Nemesis in a way that I think looks better in that sort of almost photorealistic um, you know level of detail that we're, we're used to with modern games. Uh, and I, I want to see what they what they do here because if you you know if you one to one. You know, remaster, and they just upscale the textures. It's gonna, it's just gonna look like a smoother version of of the game that came out. They're obviously rebuilding all the assets, uh, you know, from from all the little details. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited to see like what, you know, what those, what those guns and what the costumes and what just the level design looks like when they have to account for the fact that this is going to look nearly photorealistic. Like if this, if they're shooting for like next gen, they obviously want this to look as good as humanly possible. And if you throw like a, you know, like a what we expect from like facial animation capture in 2021 and, and beyond uh, it's, I feel like it looks a little bit, you know, it'll look a little bit too cosplay if you throw it into like an exact recreation of that, of that costume. So they're going to have to go in and add like little rivets, fine tune stuff, more zippers. I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I can't wait to see this, uh, you know, aesthetically, I guess.
1: That's not just any egg cream. That's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
2: This is the story of Harry Dallowich and how he rose from nothing to become New York's
0: king of the egg cream.
1: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I
2: really like the the sort of the concept of like digging through um, the kind of diagonal spaces that were attempted to be in the original dead space and then kind of going what was what was their plan there can we honor that like what was that That feels very there's a lot of stuff that happens and Max you know this like there's a lot of like modern designs in Star Wars that were uh, effectively like napkin sketches from Ralph McQuarrie like something like BB eight was you know. Just like a, a thing, a, a concept art he did for some of the early Star Wars movies that they eventually sort of modernized and they were like, well, let's let's honor that and make this here. Or like, here's this setting that that Ralph drew, um, and we're gonna turn it into a whole planet in a new movie here. I really like that idea. Um, and I think that like that's a good way to sort of build on something that was existing there because it is it's such a strong framework. And it's also like, it's really cool to hear. I mean, we read a lot about. Um, modern video game uh, developers attempting to kind of bring up the skeletal frame of like an existing architecture for a game and being unsuccessful like a lot of the code to a lot of these games is just lost it's just sort of in the same way the original prints for Star Wars were you know kept in Utah salt mines or whatever and eroded um, there's a there's a great opportunity here now that they could find this stuff because there's a lot of games you can't do this, and I think that like um, sort of for, from the perspective of of preservation, uh, it's really cool that they're they were able to work with and find so many of the source material here and build off of it because a lot of times developers look at something that came out five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and they can't find anything from it anymore. They can't find the code or it's unusable. um, And there's really nothing they can do with it. So I'm, I'm hoping that they find a way to build on what was already there. I can kind of already smell the blood in the water from some of the people being like oh that you know they ruined this or they ruined that obviously there's going to be purists here um even if you look at games like shadow of the classes which blue point did a phenomenal job of remaking there were some aesthetic decisions there that obviously um didn't gel with everybody you know some of the sort of like the the, there's a lot of stuff that sort of felt minimalist and uh intentionally obtuse that i think gets lost in the sort of uh rush towards you know um the photorealism and the hyperrealism and stuff like that uh and i hope that doesn't happen here but i think that all in all dead space fans will be and should be excited that this is a franchise that's returning after being dormant for so long. I was just even talking about it during this conversation reminded me that like I had a really good time with the iPad version of this game. And I believe like the first generation iPad, despite the fact that like the controls were terrible, you had to like swipe down for, you know, Isaac to stomp on uh dude's, arms and stuff like that like but just as a showcase just the idea of having dead space on a you know portable it was like you know a big tablet but still i just i love this series i love horror games i love sci-fi stuff and this rules can we yeah, talk um, about
0: the uh, the elephant no, in the room which is go ahead the they added protocol elephants? yeah yeah they added oh. out their necromorph. <laughs> no, the i mean the fact that glenn schofield is doing his own uh his own dead space spiritual successor which is like unabashedly dead space. Like the, the, the trailer was like the peppered with little references to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I mean, that's, that's what striking distance games. I think, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Like it's going to be a very odd sort of, uh I don't like, I, it's going to be a little weird little contest to have like, Oh yeah. The, the original original creator is making his own bootleg version of the game that is getting remastered.
2: There's also in, uh, yeah. My, Mike, Michael Condry, who worked with uh, Glenn Schofield on a bunch of call of duty stuff, split off to do his own thing. A few years ago too and he worked on the original dead space so it's like there's yeah there's a lot of splinters there it actually max it reminds me of um what happened with the skate franchise where like we waited so long for like a new skate game and in the interim we got you know there were a bunch of like skating games were kind of announced over the last few years and some were released and then in the middle of all that ea was like oh by the way we're bringing back skate and so it's you know we had that sort of like weird Couple of years where no one was making new Mega Man games, no one was making new Castlevania games, and you know we got uh, we got Bloodstained, we got mighty Number no. Nine, um, we got a bunch of games that varying degrees of success. Some of those games were good, some were not. Um, but at the same time, you know, Capcom wasn't like, oh, here's a bunch of new Mega Man games. Uh, although they did make that one, I completely forgot about. Was that Eleven?
0: Yeah yeah, so. yeah, yeah, totally I mean, forgot about look that at, game. Look at like Resident Evil and The Evil Within. The Evil Within was the Shinji Mikami answer to a lack of good Resident Evil games because when those were coming out, like we were getting like RE6 like this is, I don't know, it's it's really nice to see EA actually kind of making something that people want as opposed to being like, we have uh, machine learned data driven information (laughs) about what players desire from their gaming experiences. We've, we've added, it, you know, microtransactions to right. Mass Effect it, or whatever. It
1: goes back to kind of what you guys were saying earlier. It feels like sort of a, a continued step. And I'm all for it of the, like, EA apology tour, which, like, you know, for, for right or wrong, there have definitely been mistakes made. Um, but there there is this long legacy of great stuff. And so to see them finally do Mass Effect 2 be working on a new skate to be working on this dead space remake. And as you said, probably opening the door for more dead space to come
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: stuff like Jedi fallen order, right. not having microtransactions and that ba- they're like, it is a single player, no microtransactions. Like you are getting the game that we are promising. It's, it's not going to be something to nickel and dime you. Uh, that was something that the uh, Phil from, from the interview also wanted to make clear was like, uh dead space three in particular had like very notable and controversial microtransactions that basically it was like oh you don't have enough resources to build your gun why don't you buy some and, and that was a huge huge terrible thing and so he was that like, sucked oh, yeah that one yeah. That, <laughs> straight that, up that,
0: sucked. that one added multiplayer right that was the one that dumped think, in a bunch of co-op i
1: think it might have even started with two um, really okay i'll double, I'll double check but yeah, yeah anyway they were they were basically like phil wanted to make it clear like we are not putting microtransactions in it the the they're designing the game to never have microtransactions like that is it is going to be the dead space experience they're not going to be like whoa it sure would be nice if isaac got right. that gun for five extra dollars a little earlier huh? the
2: the um, same thing sort of concurrently happened with the the lost planet franchise which i was kind of yeah. dead spacey out the jump right like I, it was sort of like you know snow planet arctic Uh, sci-fi horror stuff with lots of grotesque aliens and then it just lost the plot towards the third game it just became like you know multiplayer data-driven mtx garbage and i'm not i'm not ready to just say like oh EA all is forgiven because they still make a lot of like gross baffling you know decisions they are a business-driven company their sports side is uh, obviously still riddled with problems it still feels like a lot of the sort of like reiterated annualized stuff but credit where credits do like we just named some great stuff there the fact that they're 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 caring about mass effect again they're caring about dead space again they're caring about the skate, the skate franchise they're working on single player story driven star wars games like i'm in man like that's mm-hmm. that's a, that's a really i'm I'm real as a, as a single player gamer predominantly who doesn't really like throwing money at my television to make it, you know, run faster or whatever they do in a lot of these games. Like I I'm happy with all these decisions. I hope that they keep that side of things going for a long time. Cause that's, that's why I play video games. It's mm-hmm.
1: just to clarify, Brian, the, the the way the microtransaction work is in Madden, you pay a dollar to get an extra football on the field.
2: Got it. Got so, it. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend of mine. He paid like 500 bucks. The field just covered in footballs, but he's poor. Football. It's hilarious yeah. though.
1: You you do what you can to, you know, win those games. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> sort of speaking on, you know, you both were kind of talking about like worrying of the idea of, you know, data driven, just purely like by the numbers, pushing sort of the, like the, the cold, uh, less caring about what the fans want one of the things they wanted to really make clear was that this is sort of a continued uh push from like the current ea ecosystem and that is to also involve fans very early in production so we know that skate's very obviously doing that we saw that with like the teaser trailer where they're like hey we can't show you things but we did show a bunch of fans from the community this uh the latest i think they did a command and conquer remaster that also had fans involved Mm -hmm. and they're doing that with dead space as well and so from early on in the production from when it started uh, they have been involving like a community council they basically called it of fans from the dead space community who they check in with every few weeks to show them updates on things to make sure they're staying true to what you know fans might think of this remake and it's not to say that like they are the sole drivers of the creative vision of the game it, it's not sort of that it that, is more than yeah. they the, the way they both put it really well was that like they want to be able to catch problems before it's too late so that the game It's not that the game publishes and then on Reddit two weeks later they're reading about, oh, why did they do that obviously bad thing when that's not how the original game works? And they're like, now we can just have a fan tell us that in the middle of production and that saves us a lot without, you know putting everything out there beat by beat. And granted, they were they were both like, it's really scary to do because game development is a scary, you know, often secretive thing where you're it's in progress, it's rough, you're not always showing the best looking thing, especially when it's early in production. There's but they said, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there, there's so much like red tape to it. But they were like, it's been ver- very helpful for them to be able to catch things and there have been like valuable, productive feedback. And they also said when the feedback is is positive stuff, that can also really help the team in the midst of production to be like, okay, we are on the right path. We're doing the right thing. And that, that was just sort of like a human element that I didn't really think about mm-hmm. of like, it's nice to say you're involving the fans, but the way it can impact the devs is, is a really interesting thought.
0: I think ideally the, the best situation is that you have a, a team of developers who are making something that's a clear vision and they're doing it, they're doing what they wanna do uh based on wanting to make a good game <clears throat> but if you have to sort of take outside influence like i would so much rather be getting outside influence from hardcore fans than from like a boardroom full of guys who are like how do we get more money for this thing do we need an right. online pass do we have microtransactions do we have forced multiplayer like you know it's what if there are
2: packs of cards all over the floor yeah. and uh isaac could pick them up and tear them open and <laughs>
0: yeah 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 no, like what they I, did with
2: Battlefront two right before. It I mean this, yeah. is, this is so
0: like getting like going to the the community being like finding people who are actively interested in this thing, like obviously there's some people who might be too close to it and have like weirdly specific nitpicks or whatever and people like things for different reasons, but that's probably a lot better than just getting a bunch of random people off the street be like, hey, you like games and they're like, oh, I played a game once and like having them sit down and give like you know bullshit focus group answers like that's you know that shows at least that they're they they care what people who care think.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, the, the thing you were talking about before about um, uh, Glenn Schofield's Callisto Protocol, I don't expect it to look as good as the new Dead Space remake will look because it's it's just not going to have the same budget behind it. This is a, a, a small, independent, new studio working on stuff. But I do think it's cool that like the timeline's sort of getting split and we're getting multiple uh, takes on the same kind of thesis here, right? Mm-hmm. Like one is the original vision of Dead Space recreated, remastered, re, not remastered, re, remade completely remade from the ground up it's important to point out the difference that there. are and then the other is uh this this new take on what like a third person survival horror could look like and that for fans it just means that like multiple people who care about the original franchise are attempting an approach to revitalizing it in some capacity and i think that's awesome because it means we get we get multiple games that could be really great third-person sci-fi horror games you know so like that's 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 great i'm I mean, I'm yeah. way into that
0: whoever wins we win it's like a good yeah it's a <laughs> it's a good situation kind of competition is is good it is it is kind of a double-edged sword because you've got one who obviously they have more money and stuff behind it but they're also uh the expectations are clearly set by the original game like there's something right. where people like if, if it's too close from you know, if it's like too, it's you've got this idea of what it should be and if it deviates from that too much you're like oh, i don't like it whereas the other one is like it's a spiritual successor and it, we're doing it from the ground up we've got wiggle room to take liberties and like maybe you know maybe they take too many liberties maybe it's not enough of a spiritual successor but it's either way it's it's going to be an interesting little little competition there
1: mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's definitely it, as you both were sort of saying it's it's a good time to be a fan of dead space because yeah either you know in in following the the spirit of the actual series or getting to see spinoffs or, or you know spiritual successors from original developers it's just a really cool time i i love 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 that original game into a lot and so to finally have this back in in a concrete way is just super exciting to me um i i, I i'm really after speaking with both of them it was like a 45 minute chat and we have a ton more up on ign so definitely go check out uh more from our interview but it was a really like it it made me feel really confident about the spirit of what they're going for, because they, they they both were very clear on, like, we are remaking a survival horror game. Like, Dead Space definitely started to lean too much into action for, I think, a lot of fans, myself included. And they were like, we are remaking a survival horror game. We we are fans of Dead Space. Uh, Roman was previously at Ubisoft, and when he said he was talking to the the EA Motive team about, like, why he might want to join the project, he was like they had me at Dead Space and I was like, nope, you got, yep, I'm, I'm all in. Like, that's what I want to do. Like th- They themselves are really big, passionate fans of it. And uh, actually, um, one of the, uh, just pulling up the exact quote, but we have some quotes from uh, Laura, and please forgive me again, I'm probably butchering her name, but Laura Miel, uh from EA Proper, uh, talking about sort of the, the impetus and the origins of this game and said it was uh, motive and specifically Patrick Klaus's passion for Dead Space uh, where he began pitching the idea of bringing back dead space from you know pitching it a couple of years back so like this is a thing born from motives desires to want to do mm-hmm. this thing it, it's not sort of a top-down an EA exec being like we should you know probably get back on that dead space train like it, it was sort of yeah a good timing that kind of yeah.
0: that sort of reminds me like I, I don't know how I don't know how things work in Seattle EA and I'm not gonna pretend I do like I mean I've had friends who worked there and heard anecdotes but like I remember there was that there was that quote about how like when it was announced that they got, the, EA got the star wars license that obviously people are like holy crap we're gonna get we're gonna get like a battlefront game from dice and it, apparently internally ea was like well we didn't want to assume that they would just want to work on it and a bunch of people at dice were like yes we want to make a star wars game are you, yes are you of course crazy? <laughs> yes mm-hmm. and i don't know there's there's probably this i mean there's got to be something where you know you want to give studios a certain amount of creative freedom it's not gonna be like oh duh, d- draw somebody else's pictures you know do it do a play a, play a cover song but right you know, at the same time there are there are fans of games making games. And if you give them a chance to make a game that they're a fan of like that, you're going to have a pretty cool reaction there.
2: And, and, you know, speaking, speaking of Star Wars, again, um, big credit where credit's due. I don't, I don't think that this game would have been greenlit if it wasn't for Fallen Order and what Stig Asmussen and, and the people at Respawn did by not only setting to say, we are making a story driven single player Star Wars game with no garbage in it, but also, uh, having it become the second best selling game of the year it launched behind Call of Duty. Like that, Jedi Fallen Order sold so well that not only are they, you know, green lighting a sequel that they said they can't talk about yet, they will talk about soon. Um, but also, I think that that set a course back inside of EA to sort of go, oh, wow, people do want single player story driven narrative video games again, third person action games, like the old bread and butter of what the video game industry was for a very long time. Uh, whereas I, f- I feel like they lost their way for a while and they only moved into like, you know, um, free to play multiplayer, mobile, like there was, there was, there's, you know, and they're still, again, still doing a lot of that stuff over there, sure. but the fact that if for sure, but the fact that like fall in order is a game that they said, this is what we're making. Get out of our way. Um, I almost said get out of her hair, but stinks bald (laughs) like me. Um, And and they got to make what they wanted to make and stuck to their guns. And there was no microtransactions. There was no multiplayer. There was no nothing, no garbage, no no BS at all. Um, And it sold so well, I think sent a message to the higher-ups that said, back off people want this kind of stuff they will continue to want this kind of stuff don't look at market trends don't look at anything else trust us on this this will work and i think that's going to happen again here i I don't know if it'll be the second best selling game of the year but i think it's going to sell really well
0: i really hope we get um i was going to say i I hope we get a return i I don't think EA is going to start making double a games but i think that there's a space between big huge quadruple a games as a service which is going to be you know like stuff that has a long tail of DLC and support like you get with, or it's an annualized thing like, you know, Madden or FIFA or Battlefield, where it's like, oh, we've got this multiplayer ecosystem we've got to continue to support. And then on the complete other end of the spectrum, you've got the EA originals where it's like smaller stuff like, you know, uh Unravel or uh the, the A Way Out, you know, like sort of these these little almost like bespoke uh boutique games. And like I think there's space in the middle there to have like, I don't know, like an eight to ten hour experience that isn't trying to do everything at once it doesn't have to be a sprawling open world game but like here's a you know a game that single player story games like have have a space for that like allow that right. allow that to exist there's a definitely a demand for it and yeah i mean look at look at how resident evil village sold like that that cleaned up and yeah i i it hope is. that i hope that studios look at that and go okay let's yeah let's do you know. it it
2: also rewarded players for multiple playthroughs you know like yeah. which is, is something i really loved
1: which i think dead space can easily do in a remake form for sure i think one thing uh to note about it is like it's impossible to ignore like the history around it and and you have you know the visceral side obviously visceral has been shut down uh very beloved studio for many reasons like you know dead space uh and so we'll, we'll sort of see i think how general acceptance of another team handling the franchise at this point will go but sort of brian to your point just to wrap up the What the message that Jedi Fallen Order sent, I think Motive's own work with Star Wars Squadrons also sent a bit of a message because that was, you know, a smaller scale experience and they didn't want to do like a bunch of microtransactions on it. And in fact, just made a bunch of free DLC because people were enjoying it so much. They they Mm -hmm. had said like, we're not really planning DLC. We're not going to be doing a bunch. And granted, yes, a lot of it was cosmetics, but nonetheless, they were like, oh, we saw the support for this and we're rewarding the fans. And it, again, to go back to your point, like, there is still the EA that is still doing a ton of microtransactions, and that can absolutely exist and is probably going to exist because it makes a lot of money, and they're not going to stop that as a business. And
2: some of you keep buying them, and it's not us, Look, but man, somebody out there
0: the is doing bucks, it. The ball in FIFA gets bigger every time you kick it. I'm spending <laughs> the twenty bucks. I think it's a great feature. It's how
1: soccer works. We all know. Uh, but yeah, like if we're able to get this side of EA also as a result. I, I can live with that in the world right now. Like I, I'm, I'm very happy to see this coming back. I'm, I'm very hopeful for the team, uh, and excited to see what comes next. Obviously, like I said, definitely go check out the full interview uh, and and sort of our news breakouts and info on dead space uh the remake as we know it so far but i'm really really looking forward to this and uh i'm i really appreciate uh roman and phil's time to be able to talk with us so definitely go check out that video and yeah
2: and if you're upset that we talked about dead space for a long time we haven't gotten to do this in like 10 years yeah. so just I miss
1: Dead Space. Uh, well, <laughs> this
2: let us let us have this 20 something 40 something minutes whatever it was
1: We've actually been here for three hours. Uh, but no, Great. before we uh, wrap up or, or get into sort of what we're playing, I do want to touch on just a, a little bit of a in honor of uh, our former producer on the show and now a uh, producer at IGN yet again, Ronnie Barrier, uh, our News Crunch segment. Do want to do sort of a lightning round of news because there's a lot of little bits of things. You're not going to uh, play that,
0: that sound effect with the crunching in it, are you? It's
1: somewhere on a hard drive here, so I'm not playing it right now. I was we're just okay. thinking how, I'm like sick.
0: it does, wasn't that a sound of Andrew Goldfarb eating an apple on that? Yeah, it, I, it I believe was...
1: it was the apple crunch. It's yeah. so, it I, was ugh.
2: it was a stock sound, but it was implied it was Andrew Goldfarb mm, eating yes, an apple. Yeah. yeah.
1: Nah. What's weird is Andrew did record that stock sound separately. It was a total just weird coincidence. Uh,
2: yeah, they um they they have actually been they've been talking about that a lot over at Sucker Punch. He's been doing that nonstop over there. Constantly. He makes all, all the really he makes all the
0: sword noises. He does it with his mouth. Go, yeah, he, who,
2: he, that's true. He, Ghost right. Tsushima, uh, Ghost of Tsushima director's cut was actually supposed to be out in January, but Goldfarb kept um, calling everyone and crunching apples, and they said that can't work. <laughs> they it's not, it's not true. Don't I listen. mean, his,
1: his fully work is why he left IGN, and it makes all the, all the sense in the world. Uh, That's true. That's true. I, I really am looking forward to him uh, rebooting the Police Academy franchise. But until then, speaking <laughs> of Ghost of Tsushima, we do have a little bit to talk about. Just to mention, uh, there was a blog post that went up uh, earlier this week about sort of uh, the director's cut expansion and the uh, Iki Island uh, story. There's a new story trailer there that gives you a little bit of sense of uh what Jin will be up to in this part of the adventure uh there will be a shaman who's who sort of leads uh, a mongol tribe on Iki known as the eagle uh and she is, is seems to be like the new main antagonist uh the story trailer gives us a little bit of a look at that uh it seems to be kind of finding ways to tie it in to uh where this takes place within the story because i believe it opens up after the second act i want to say um but also there's a little bit of visual imagery in there that sort of leans into some of the more far out there stuff that they did in legends. So I'm curious how much they dip into that. But uh, I'm just excited for more ghost. I'm I, like this was a really big, pleasant surprise to me uh, earlier this year, and I just wanted to do like a quick temperature check on where both of you are, but I, I can't wait to jump back into this open world.
2: Yeah, I might, I, I might actually replay the base game. I loved it so much. Um, and I'm just ecstatic to see how it looks and plays on PS5. The lip sync thing, um, being exclusive to PS5 is like definitely a sticking point for some people. And I t- I'm totally sympathetic to that. There are some like, I get, I understand the dual sense exclusivity, you know, haptic feedback and such. Um, that makes sense because that's, that's tethered to a hardware decision. But not getting lip syncing on the PS4 version is kind of a bummer for people who bought that. Because uh, obviously that was kind of an issue in the first game. I kept the mask on Jin the entire game because it was so distracting that said uh i didn't read this blog post because i don't want to know anymore um i will deal with what you just taught me Ambush, i'm that's sorry up. no that's okay it's okay it's it's, it's my just as an occupational hazard right it's part of the yeah. job um i do know that there are uh, monkeys now and also cats i'm more excited for monkeys i think they're a way superior animal um but i can't wait for this an entire new island to explore i will 100 it i will platinum it just like it did the last time around this game rules i love it so so much um and i i just really can't wait to get back in there
0: I think I deliberately didn't finish it because I wanted, I knew it was going to come to PS5 at some point, you know, like this, there's it's gorgeous on PS4 as, as it is. And I'm really excited to see how good it looks on, on next
2: gen. Um,
1: Yeah. uh, I'm also very excited for, and I know it's like the, the big sticking point joke of everything, but legitimately I loved playing this game I had to have my speakers up so loud to prevent my PS4 fan from getting <laughs> in the way of it. So I'm just excited to experience this game probably the way I was more intended to do so. Uh, but yeah, really looking forward to this one. Uh, as as a kid who grew up with a Beanie Baby monkey next to my bed named Monk Monk for many years, I am very excited for the monkeys as well. It's so, a Weird uh, detail. Too you don't have to tell American
2: us that
0: fact. at all there was no like, reason to you know i that.
1: did what if they make uh, anyway, you kill all
0: the monkeys on the island what if they're like there's... then
1: i'm out then uh Jin, Andrew there's and my been friends an ape, ape escape
0: you've got to <gasps> slash these bastards down
1: hold on if it's an ape escape secret spiritual successor now you've got me i'll take that but you didn't you didn't kill the monkeys there you take
0: this kayak paddle, paddle, paddle and fly into the air and then beat the <laughs> crap out of those little guys
1: uh, anyway, also monk, on the, I'm, I'm just running through it. Uh, on the Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> front, there was also a weird uh, Netflix data mine earlier this week or late last week uh, that showed a uh, a data mine uh, that appeared to include some PlayStation branding and uh, Ghost of Tsushima imagery uh, appearing in, uh, I believe, it was the iOS app um the netflix is is going into gaming we've recently learned uh their gaming feature according to a data miner has a working name of shark uh and is represented by a shark image in the ios app uh but there also were images apparently related to ghost and playstation uh there was like dual sense imagery in there i like it's very easy to go off like a speculation deep end in in my mind the only thing that gives this possible credence for like a playstation and, and netflix branding is that sony pictures are going to be premiering first on playstation or on netflix excuse me because they don't have their own streaming service at this point um and so the idea that there might be playstation integration in there somehow like doesn't surprise me i don't know what that is uh netflix said their their initial gaming focus is going to be on mobile games PlayStation did say also they are starting to look into mobile gaming recently. We've had some job openings that, are, that have hinted that's going to be a big push for them. Uh, it seems like fortuitous timing, but th- I don't immediately read this as like, oh, you're going to have Ghost of Tsushima playable via the cloud on your Netflix subscription. Right. Like, I don't know about where you both stand from from this uh, weird data mine, but I, I don't see it jumping there quite yet.
0: Well, I mean, we got that, we got that announcement that it's mostly going to be, or it's so far officially, it's going to be free to play or not free to play, but free, um, mobile games with no, no microtransaction stuff in there. And I have no idea if that's going to be like, Hey, it's an existing hit from the Apple store now available through Netflix without any of the purchase price or whatever. Or if it's gonna be like an Apple arcade competitor, or if it's going to be totally new stuff like, Oh, it's stranger things, the portable card game go nuts. Or like, I don't know, they reskin Gwent with Henry Cavill or whatever. Like, I don't know what this, what this is going to be exactly. The, the PlayStation connection is really interesting if that amounts to anything, because um, yeah, Sony doesn't have a, a, they don't have a, well, they don't have a streaming service anyone talks about for, for, you know, TV and movies uh, and Netflix definitely has a pretty big market share there. And meanwhile, if Netflix is trying to get into gaming, that would be a pretty, pretty smart way to team up. Because again, like Sony has the, what there's, there's PlayStation now, but there's not like a really, I mean, if if they want to put their heads together and do some, cross promotion streaming hardware stuff like that or streaming entertainment stuff that could that could be really really impressive but i, I don't know mm-hmm. it doesn't I, I, I that seems like a reach
2: yeah i'm 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 I'm, in, I'm i'm interested to see where that connection goes so far i think that uh you're both on something i feel like early on we're gonna see stuff like the stranger things game that came to switch the narcos game the um maybe i mean there was like the dark crystal game although they canceled that show like it's it's oh, yeah. It's it's really odd for them because it's like when when you make video games uh, based on IPs that you own that are hit television shows that you then cancel. Um, which Netflix has a history of doing. They've lost something like half a million subscribers over the pandemic. Um, one, because I, I think that their qualities dipped a lot, two, they've canceled a lot of fan favorite shows. And three, there's you know, there's just a lot more competition out there. There's HBO Max, there's Apple TV, Disney Plus. Um, everybody's fighting for that time. Worth well, noting I, they
0: they in their in their calls, they frequently include uh trial subscriptions in their 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 numbers. Like they kind of right. add that a little bit where they'll be like, We have blah blah blah, hundred million subscribers worldwide, and only Fourteen million of those are trial memberships. This, this yeah, point, well, which is they super also
1: weird. Netflix always also makes a very clear point that like for them their competitors are Fortnite and TikTok right. and those things. Like they see those as equally, if not more so, competitors than uh, you know Disney Plus and, and HBO Max, which obviously are. But yeah, they, they they have always said that as a mission statement. So to partner in some way with a big uh, you know game maker who also doesn't have a a tv streaming service and in fact is getting rid of the movie and tv rental options in you know playstation like i could very well see you know if you're a playstation plus subscriber you get a free month of netflix or, or things like right. that like i could see that sort of integration start to come um you know don't get me wrong if there's a bridgerton dating sim that's free on playstation plus in its debut month i'll happily take it but yeah like i i don't necessarily see this as like oh netflix is going to let you stream playstation games all of a sudden i feel right. like that That may be too big a jump.
2: No, I I think you did a really great job of recentering that. Uh, And I think that needs to be, I I remind people of this all the time. Like things that do not seem like they're competing with each other are ultimately competing for time. Um, uh, Humans have a finite amount of time in the, you know, the dwindling hours between morning and evening when they're not working or eating or, or sleeping or changing a diaper or whatever, or playing a video game, whatever it is. And all of those moments are occupied by... A few different platforms that you can choose to gravitate towards it's the same reason like when people are like the Steam deck isn't competing with switch and like HBO Max isn't competing with Game Pass they're all competing for time in some way. Um, the reason I bring up Game Pass is because we got that thing from Phil Spencer a couple weeks ago saying that they eventually want to move into a territory where they're making consoles but they're also launching smart like native smart TV apps that allow you to play game Pass on your television um. This is fascinating because this sort of circumvents that. This is Sony going well instead of getting people who own a smart TV or any TV to uh, pay for an additional service where they could uh, essentially get access to a library of games. Let's hi, you know, let's let's hop in a, a car that's already driving with Netflix. People are already paying Netflix, and so if they can go, let's get some Sony IPs onto Netflix, then that's already they don't have to do the legwork of like building a massive subscription base that you know Xbox has had to do over the last few years, and they're growing, right? But they're also incurring a lot of losses. Sony can just kind of say, people have Netflix already, Netflix is gonna test the waters to see how they can get people to play video games through the Netflix app, which again, consuming all of their time, which is ultimately, they'll start out by being like, it's free, it's included in your subscription service, but then all of a sudden, like everything with Netflix, it, it'll slowly go up over time. And all of a sudden you'll be paying 22 $23 a month for it. And you'll stop and go, what am I doing? Like, I guess half a million people have done over the last year. And so I think that like, it's really smart if Sony can get in on the ground floor of this and then eventually start to go, Okay, the systems are in place. The cloud streaming services are in place. Let's let's hop onto this and like, yeah, you can you can rent or you can buy Ghost of Tsushima through this. Maybe there's a premium model where you can you, you know people can access our games without having to get a PS5. They're already on Netflix. Like, if that pans out the way we're theorizing it could, that could be gigantic for Sony. That gets them in so many more places than Game Pass does. That gets them in so many more places than just the PS5 does.
1: I think it'll really depend on what these two separate companies and, and that's what they're going to be for the foreseeable future is separate companies, how far they want to bridge that partnership. Like we, we do know, I think it was earlier this year was when that Sony pictures running first on Netflix instead of stars announcement was. And it's like the first movie in that deal is going to be uncharted. Presumably, you know, the ghost of Tsushima movie that's in production is going to also run first on Netflix. And so if you have that brand awareness and that integration and Sony isn't interested in spinning off its own, streaming service which i think at this point would be a little too bullish of them to do um you you do get that brand awareness and that integration and it it can be a good symbiotic relationship for for both sides of it but yeah i i feel like it's going to start small and depending on success grow from there in the same way that like i think netflix's overall approach to gaming is going to start pretty small and then grow from there
2: Symbiotic is a good word to describe the company that has Spider-Man and Venom and like uh, access to like seven different streaming channels and exclusivity deals Mm -hmm. and there's the MCU and then there's whatever the Venom CU is and then there's whatever Spider-Man does when Tom Holland's deal is done. But
0: What about Morbius?
2: He's coming too. You
0: is just that's wait. Still
1: coming out. I want to see that. Krave uh, a hunter. God, is is going to get his own living, movie. Living. Can we He's got Vulture us. in there for some reason. That's right. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll get to there on our our of course spin podcast. Where's where Where's Scorpion? Frogman film. He's in jail, I believe. I believe Scorpion's in jail. He the is first, the first film.
2: Yeah, that that was a post credits, uh, teasing or whatever. it stands. was.
1: Uh, it was Voss, wasn't it? I yeah, Voss played uh, Voss? Scorpion in jail. Yeah, it was Michael Mondo.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Michael Mondo played Scorpion, and they teased that he was going to do something, and then he just straight up didn't. So they they better do Sinister Six in the next – I don't know, whatever. Do you know the definition (laughs) of sinister?
0: It's when you and five of your friends dress up like animal men and try to kill a teenager. That That
2: is very true. Or three teenagers, depending on where in time or the multiverse they are. Check we're out Loki seven, on Disney+. Plus. See it on the big screen.
1: Hashtag not <laughs> mad, not, not ad. Uh, anyway, before, before we uh, just get into what we're playing, wanted to briefly also mention uh, Fract, which is a pretty cool-looking PSVR game, hits August 20th. Uh, Tetris, Tetris Effect Connected, which is the multiplayer addition to Tetris Effect, which I, uh, I love dearly, uh, hits on August 18th for PlayStation and PC. Uh, Tencent is apparently buying Sumo Digital, the people who made uh sackboy, big adventure yes max i almost called it you did you almost called what? it they they were being acquired just not by playstation oh yeah, like
0: we went into that i was like i was like I yeah, think yeah, the, next, yeah. the next sony and this is you know i didn't get it right but it was weird to be like i think they're gonna get acquired and then they did you know
1: yeah great they, um they're they're set to buy them for 1.27 billion dollars uh as just of, swell i
2: week. love i love when tencent buys huge companies that's companies. i just love to see that company just get bigger and more powerful what a good time to be a gamer
1: which as our article points out they already wholly own riot games and 40 percent of epic games uh, i just yeah. are we ever going to get a
2: snake pass too i really like that when the snake went on that the, was cool that was a, good that was a fun i like snake yeah. pass uh
1: not is it on game pass because it should be snake pass uh, is not
2: currently on game pass
1: it's a that's actually a separate
0: subscription where you can only access the games that have snakes in them
1: Ooh. that's true I did love Snake on my Nokia razor phone uh anyway that pretty much wraps up all of the quick news hits from this week that i wanted to bring up i'm sure news will break after we record the show but that's just how it works uh before we do wrap up i wanted to briefly touch on uh brian max brian i'll start with you anything you've been playing recently that you want to give a shout out uh
2: Uh, i started playing death store which is not on ps5 yet hopefully it will be soon so i will spare you the details but i will say that when it gets there please get it because i love it um it's really really good it's it's got just enough sort of like zelda and uh Soulsy stuff in it to keep me occupied. The music's amazing. I'm not sure who made it. It's, it sounds very Austin Wintery, but I'm not sure he, if he touched this one. Um, it's just a beautiful game. Um, and uh, keep an eye out for it. I really hope it comes to PlayStation soon because all of you deserve to play it.
1: It is, yeah, fantastic. Uh, if you have an Xbox or a PC and, and want to play it on there, definitely it is worth your while. But uh, Max, anything you've been playing?
0: I'm still playing Hitman. Like I honestly, nice. that game is so massive. There's so much stuff to do in there. Uh, I like there's like I'm sort of looking, there's like the, the, the you know percentage of completion for like a level, and I'm like, I beat that level, and I go back, and it's like, you did 11. percent I'm like, what did I do? I killed the guy, and then I go in, it's like, there's four guys you're supposed to kill. I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta kill this Iron Man dude. Like I gotta, I gotta kill a movie star and then a, a politician, and I, you know, I'm just going back to like old levels and screwing around and just having a great time. I just love that game so much. Uh, that's actually on sale right now. I saw it's. Um, oh, awesome. I don't know if it's the whole complete lineup or whatever, but Hitman Three i think it's like 30 bucks on psn uh god check it out it's so good It's so much fun if even if also, you're like like lukewarm on that series i
2: i do want to point out real quick to everyone listening uh we put up a really glowing preview for uh aliens fire team and mm. uh like the the hands-on preview embargo stuff lifted this week and across the board like people seem really excited for that game i'm i can't wait max i know you previewed that a while back um Keep an I, eye I out for I that one
0: interviewed the devs and talked to them about alien lore for like 45 minutes which was really mm-hmm. fun but it doesn't necessarily speak to what their video game is in the back of my head i'm like god i hope this doesn't suck and it's so nice to hear that it, like they're they're pulling it off on the mechanical side of things so i'm really stoked yeah. to see what they're what because they had like a very uh they had a very like story story centric approach to a multiplayer game so if they managed to gel those two together um super down Just yeah yeah
1: could be really cool. Uh by the way, the music for uh Death Store, I just looked it up, is by David Fenn, who uh, you know, just on the Acid Nerf production team is a producer, designer, composer, and sound designer. Uh, oh, right, because so that entire game
2: happened. was made by two people. Uh David, amazing work. Six people.
1: Jesus. So they put they put out a tweet because there there was, I saw that tweet going around of like it's two whole people. It's uh they tweeted a tweet of a five person team. So still very small, but really impressive
2: phenomenal uh, work. work
1: for them. Uh, And yeah, just to shout out on my side, I've been playing uh, Last Stop, which is out as of recording or as of the show airing. Uh, It is a, it's from the makers of Virginia. Uh, It is a episodic telltale-esque game uh, set in sort of suburban London. uh, And it's three different perspectives. And it kind of is this mix of like suburbia and supernatural. Um, It's it's got a thing I think the the Telltale games also all kind of suffered from here and there were like the choices I was making I don't think really made a big deal at the end of the day, but I really liked the stories that were being told that didn't bother me too much. Um, what's nice about this one is each story is comprised of six chapters, and each is only about 15 to 20 minutes long. Um, so you can like, you can play for an hour and essentially, you know, watch an episode of TV or play an episode of TV. It's like really nicely paced uh, so that nothing kind of outstays its welcome. But uh, I really, really like the sort of character ensemble they have. It's it's really good performances. I think really solid writing. It goes some really, really weird places in a, in a really fun way. So if you have the timing and you're looking for something like that, again, it is definitely more of a like, you know, watching how the story unfolds, putting in your input for for commentary here and there but really just going along for the ride uh it's definitely a a bit more of a passive game but it's still i thought a really engaging and interesting one so i definitely would recommend that one to check out uh but otherwise that is pretty much going to wrap us up for this week's episode of podcast beyond uh brian i'll start with you anything to plug anything you want people to go check out that you've been working on
2: oh man i don't even know where to start uh i I guess like we're we're doing a bunch of sort of like comic-con adjacent coverage this weekend that we've all worked really hard on so if you're looking for stuff to watch uh max is doing a ton of hosting we all did we're all chipping in on different parts of that so yeah that's happening friday and saturday so check Mm -hmm. that out i don't even know what day it is today but enjoy if you're looking for something on your computer or tv or phone or whatever
0: Yeah, and then, uh, what is it, the end of the month is coming up, which means more of the the August biggest streaming, biggest games, the games last, reviews and review and biggest streaming releases, and Brian's helping out with biggest games or whatever, so we're sort of, if you want to know what's coming up or what already came out, then we should check that out, and I should probably get to writing some of those.
2: I just, I just shot the biggest games this morning. So I, that's, nice. that one's done. Don't worry about that. Oh anymore. yeah. Good no, thing.
0: We know about game releases really far in advance. The streaming service thing, those dudes send out like an email, like 20 minutes before the next month starts. like, hey, here's what's coming to Hulu in and, uh, and, uh, three days. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> I swear sometimes
1: like Amazon Prime, I'll get an email like the first week of the new month. And it's like, what, what? I'm already watching these things. Dude, what like times. the right? month, the month that
0: Paramount Plus launched, all we had to go on was like, or was not when it launched, but it was like one of their first, Big like months with original things. The CEO was like, "We're um we're gonna add a thousand movies and we're bringing back iCarly." And people are like, "Would you have any more details?" He's like, "They're gonna be good movies. Thanks for coming. See you
2: later." It's like feels like walking by like a particle blanket in Times Square with some guys like, "I got secret of the use. I got men at work. uh, I got watches." It's
1: It's wild. They haven't. They've never updated their uh, their stock in in years no they still have the same old films great Uh, classic films exactly like secret of the Use. turner movie classic on on the feature side i definitely wanted to just shout out uh in addition to the the dead space interviews and everything uh from our uk team uh matt perslow uh wrote and did vo for and simon carty edited a really really great uh take we've been doing these uh the story so far videos on sort of game franchises uh i believe max and probably you probably both or will uh, have had a hand in these uh they're they're really great uh sort of look backs at certain franchises uh this is a sort of different take that we started uh where we did it on a look at a specific studio uh and so matt perslow is a huge arcane fan and so in the lead up to death Deathloop and now redfall of course uh he took a look back at their history sort of the the running threads of their game design and all this stuff it's a really fantastic edit it's a really great script i definitely go recommend you check it out out. It should be on IGN and YouTube as of right now. Um, So definitely go check that out. But otherwise, that's going to wrap us up for this week's episode of Podcast Beyond. Uh, Normally, you can find us on Wednesdays on beyond.ign.com, YouTube, and all your favorite podcast services around the world. Uh, Thank you, Brian and Max, for joining me this week. You can find them both on Twitter. I'm at Jam Dornbusch, Brian is at Agent Bizzle and Max is at Max Scoville. Uh, thank you so much to Kate, our producer, for producing this week's episode. And thank you to everyone out there for watching and listening to this episode. We hope you're safe, we hope you're well, and as always, beyond. Some of the best content for kids is both entertaining and educational. And with 5 for 5 Trivia, not only do kids get to learn from each week's brand new theme, they also get to challenge themselves by playing trivia. A Parents' Choice Foundation Silver Award winner, this fast-paced trivia podcast is perfect for kids ages 6 to 12. It's released five times a week, so it's a quick addition to your daily routine. And a fun challenge to get five out of five right on trivia topics like animal sounds, time travel, fictional ghosts, and underwater exploration. So get your high fives warmed up and check out Five for Five Trivia, available wherever you listen to podcasts.